0: Welcome to our Forever Young podcast,
1: where we chat about ways to keep our bodies and minds young because you're never
0: too old to become younger. My name is Christiana Eggy, And my name is Sherry Marie Chu. Hello, Sherry. How are you doing this beautiful day?
1: It is amazing. The weather has been
0: awesome. I'm just
1: completely enjoying it, being out there all the time with my SPF.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, 40 or 50?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, 50. Actually, it's 50.
0: <laughs> Good for you. So today we are going to talk about something that you and I know only too well, grief. Every one of us will experience grief at one time or the other in our lives. However how we handle this process is very critical. I would like to dedicate this particular episode to my friend from high school, Dr. Shola Jangwadi, who recently lost his mother. May her so rest in peace.
1: Yes, grief is, is something, you're right, that we both know a lot of. And I think when you told me we were gonna do this podcast on grief, my first reaction was like, oh, really? <laughs>
0: you have to talk about it (laughs) it is
1: important to talk about it I mean I'm one who does not like to dwell on sadness Mm -hmm. and that's probably why or how I deal with grief but we will get further into that soon Mm -hmm. but let's right now invite our friends and listeners to grab a gigantic bottle of water and put on their walking shoes and listen in on our conversation about grief Mm -hmm so christiana tell me what really is grief
0: well grief is a natural reaction to loss it's a strong and sometimes an overwhelming emotional mental behavioral social cultural and spiritual reaction to loss it's a process rather than a singular occurrence So it's not just dealing with one thing, maybe, oh, you are sad. No, it's a whole process. You're sad, you're angry, you're overwhelmed, you're tired, you're not eating, you're not hungry, you know, those type of things. So it's a whole accumulation of different feelings that we have and grief though mostly we talk about it as in death you know stuff like that but it actually can result from a number of different things it could be a breakup of relationship it could be from loss of a job it could be loss of independence and it could even result from major disruptions such as we've had with the pandemic or from natural disasters where suddenly you have all these uh, forest fire and people are losing everything or from, you know, accidents of any type where people lose something very important. It could be their independence. It could even be somebody losing their friends. So these are all things that can lead to grief.
1: Or even like as in recent times that we're dealing with now are these massive shootings that are happening in the U.S. And, um yeah, there's a lot of grief that people are feeling from that as well. Mm -hmm. And I just know from my experience, I had to have the wonderful job of calling all of my aunts and uncles when my father passed to let them know, and also about my brother. And I remember everyone's reaction to the loss was so different. You know, I had like, people that screamed Mm -hmm. and started crying. I had people who were absolutely silent, you know? And so it's, it's so interesting how we react to grief and then how we process it, you know? So you're right. Like grief is experienced in so many different ways. And, you know, the, most recently these shootings and the pandemic has really triggered universal grief response
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know we've lost so many lives to the pandemic and it's just been a sad couple of years
0: yes and the fallout from the pandemic because of the mental health crisis that people are dealing with right people yeah. just you know so completely overwhelmed don't know what to do and just you know losing it not getting help you know, and yeah, every one of us reacts differently to to grief. You know, some people, like you said, may scream; some may just be silent. And when I'm making those calls, I just want to get it over with because <laughs> the longer I stay, then I'm going to eventually break down. So I just want to get out, get it over and done with. Yeah. So there are actually several types of griefs. The two major ones: the normal or the healthy grief or the prolonged or complicated grief. So if you the difference between normal and prolonged grief is how you cope with it. If after about six months or so, you are still dealing with very intense emotions or reaction and you're not able to cope, it is time for you to seek help. Prolonged grief is now considered as a diagnosable mental health condition by the American Psychiatric Association's DSM-5.
1: Right. And also, there's also a subgroup of grief called anticipatory grief. And so this is one where you are, say, dealing with a terminal illness or condition like ALS, or you have been in an accident where your prognosis is poor?
0: This type of grief is the type that I personally feel like is easier to deal with because you are able to slowly process what's happening. You know, you're getting it in little doses, as opposed to when someone has a car accident or just dies suddenly of a massive heart attack or something, you were not expecting it. I find that that is the most difficult to deal with, but it brings the worst type of pain. I I don't know. What do you think, Sherry? How do you think about the, the two different types that I've described, the sudden death or the anticipated grief?
1: I think, well, having been through anticipated grief, I think that, like, I understand what you're saying, how it can be easier to deal with because you are, you know, it's coming, you know, that day is going to come, but I also think that it allows for multiple deaths. And in the case of my brother with ALS, it's like the way I saw it was little deaths, every day every few days every week or every month or every year right because with als you lose you lose mobility of certain body parts over time so you know first it was his walking then it was his grip strength then he couldn't eat like and so for me knowing that yeah he i was going to lose my brother certainly faster than i would have anticipated in life i also was dealing with these little deaths and then, and him being there for the death, right? Cause you, it's like he's dying and he's knowing he's dying. So I'm dealing with his death. He's dealing with his death. Mm-hmm. You know, all of our family and friends are. But, and then, you know, I deal with my partner's business partner. He, he died of cancer within two and a half weeks of being rediagnosed. Mm-hmm. And that was like a whirlwind of sadness and grief. You know, and while yeah, he had been sick years prior, we didn't expect him to become sick again. Mm-hmm. And when it came back, it was really scary and sad and heavy and you know, like so I'm not sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know which one is better. It's like, well, there's no no path is easy. I just feel like in my world, when you know and you slowly, you sort of adapt. And we see people that are mourning or grieving for someone that had an illness, it's sort of different. It's not as overwhelming. And in the case of your brother, what you said, do you know that the stages of grief actually were meant for the person that is dying, not for the people that are mourning? Yeah. So, actually, right. it was yeah. meant for them, you know, but now yeah. we, they, you can also use it. So, while your brother was going through that, he would have had this moment of anger and denial, you know. Oh, yeah, 100%. So,
1: mm-hmm. so
0: it, it, it's really sad. No, no part of this is easy at all on anyone.
1: Yeah, then there's also. What is called disenfranchised grief. And so this type of grief is the one where a person cannot openly show their grief because of societal expectations. I mean, I would like to think
0: that this isn't that prevalent today. I don't know. Like, I, I think, again, you know, when you talk about grief, it's cultural too, right? Yeah. It depends on the society. I find that mental health, and being more outspoken is now being more open in this part of the world. I remember a friend of mine, a doctor, when his brother died and he was crying, someone went to him and said, you crying, aren't you a doctor? And it's like, yes, I'm a doctor, but I've never lost a brother before. It's like, and I've also talked to people who are mourning, you know how people go to funeral and they say, look at her, her husband died and she's not even crying. And what someone said to me is people that talk like that, tell them to go kill their loved one, you know, either their spouse or their family member and see how it feels. You know, so some people are very quick to judge. You don't know how people grieve, you know, people don't have to be crying and rolling on the ground for you to know that they are in pain, right? Like it just depends on your resilience, your bounce back power you know some people are able to take it in stride and some people are able to mourn in secret or grieve in secret like I do when something happens to me I come out people say I'm strong I always show that strong superwoman exterior you don't know what's going on inside me and when I do break down I don't let anyone see me I do it in a behind closed door with my God. That is what I do. That's how I, it's just me, okay? Not anyone else. So everyone is just different in how they express their emotions. Yes. We've just been talking about, so grief is very, very individual individualized experience. So you and I would not grieve the same way or, you know, with anyone, even if you have family, but there are certain, definitely certain emotions that are involved with grief, like sadness, you know, crying, emotional, severe, emotional turmoil, shock, numbness. Some people just become numb. They don't even know. Some people are in shock for a very long time. And that is actually scary because when they come out of that shock, what's going to happen? You know, or how much damage internal, like on their, on their health, on their heart, on their immune system and stuff like that. You know, even their mental health some people just completely fall apart after they come out of shock there's anger there's denial yearning helplessness guilt confusion irritability or oh, maybe you know i wish i had visited you know two months oh, yeah. ago i yeah. wish i had done this uh, you know those type of things people start feeling guilty i these are all emotions that we we feel but there are things that we should be able to get over eventually, not let it linger on for months.
1: Right. Because the grief can also impact us physically. I think people forget that also. So there's the there's the screaming and crying and there's the shock, but there's also you know, when people talk about grief, you know, one of the things that you often hear is that feeling of heaviness, like a heaviness that weighs on you, on your chest, on your body, shortness of breath, maybe because of that feeling of heaviness or fatigue or headaches, you know, like all these, these things that you you might not necessarily think are related to your grief, but really are symptoms like physical symptoms of your grief, stomach upset, nausea, gaining weight or losing weight, not being able to sleep, being tired all the time, or even aggression?
0: Yes. Those are things that can happen. And um, we we're talking about what's going on in the world recently, in recent times with people shooting and stuff. So grief does have an enormous impact on our mental health. With this COVID-19 pandemic affecting each one of us at different levels, no wonder we're in a mental health crisis. It can cause anxiety or panic attacks, depression, gastric issues, poor sleep, compromised immune system, heart problems, and so much more. You know, I just feel like we haven't seen much yet, unfortunately. I think the governments need to be very proactive and get a lot of messages out there and start encouraging people to see their doctors or professionals for help. Because in our lifetime, we have never had a pandemic. Right?
1: That's right.
0: So the fallout is only just beginning with, you know, these people that are killing people. You know, you you must snap. No, no normal person just goes out there and get a gun to kill people. Something is going on. So we do have some serious even in Toronto here. A few weeks ago, a lady pushed another lady into the subway tracks for no reason. People are attacking people on the streets. Some are car jerking, like, you know, everywhere you turn, five, six cars. Mm -hmm. And also now that the, the, the inflation rate has gone up, you know, people can hardly get food to buy. Like there was no baby formula in the U.S. a few weeks ago. So yeah. it just and the prices of gas. So we haven't seen anything yet. We just pray, pray really hard that it does not mean people killing other people for no reason, senselessly. So yeah, I'm, and I
1: think too, like as we're talking about grief and the stages of grief, right? So if we're if we're saying that you know all of society is going through a type of grief or the, the stages of grief because of the pandemic that we have dealt with over the last two and a bit years, we're probably still in an anger or denial stage. So psychiatrist Elizabeth Kubler-Ross identified five stages of grief. However, over time, the the stages have gone to seven. So the first stage of grief would be shock. So I'm sure we all remember the shock of going into the pandemic a couple of years ago and what our lives became. And then there's the denial. I mean, I you know, there are still people out there feeling the denial or denying what has happened. Following that, there's anger. And I think many of us felt the anger of COVID-19 and having to live through it and what it meant to the changes in our lives daily. After that would be bargaining and then depression. And so maybe, you know, maybe we are in the depression stage of grief. And then after that is acceptance and then processing our grief for the seventh stage of grief.
0: Well, I hope we get there soon because um, new variants coming up and people getting, you know, every time you talk to someone, their whole family is dealing with COVID. Oh, you know, yeah. And then you think it's done, but it's just, it's really sad. I mean, it, 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 I, I've had enough. I finally have succumbed to COVID fatigue, you know. <laughs> <laughs> finally. Yeah, finally. Oh, my <laughs> it took me so long, right? <laughs> Because I'm hoping and hoping that it will get better and better, but it just keeps not getting better. I'm not going to say it keeps getting worse. It it, is getting better, but these new variants are actually making people sick too. How we cope with grief, again, is very, very individualized. So there are several factors that can affect us. Some people may withdraw. Some people may, you know, seek out more people because they want to be amongst people for distraction. Others may just bury their, themselves in their work. Some may not sleep. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> like Christian. <laughs> now that I, I don't have insomnia, I just don't go to bed early for whatever. That's time. right. <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's just important that whatever way we deal with grief, we should acknowledge our feelings, you know, be real and acknowledge that you are grieving uh, or that you, you, you have, you know, some, you know, in a good place. So, if you must cry cry it could be a year <laughs> two three later five six seven doesn't matter but don't cry every day for for one year that is not normal <laughs> uh, no it's That's not. not good <laughs> and if you have difficulty coping talk to a friend a trusted friend family faith leaders or professionals and the time is healing however Again, if after months you're still feeling not good, you're still feeling completely overwhelmed, then you may be suffering from prolonged or complicated grief. Please seek professional help. It will really help you. Okay, at the start of our episode, we mentioned that both Sherry and I know a thing or two about grief. I lost my mom when I was just 18. Two years later, my father died. And I've since lost my immediate older brother, I think about 12 years ago. And just three years ago, I lost the love of my life, Anthony. And while it has not been easy on us, my family and I are doing the best we can to keep on going. We're not suffering from prolonged grief, but we do acknowledge the feeling like Tony was larger than life. We talk about him every day. I used to tease him a lot. I still tease him. And my daughter say, mom, <laughs> he's not even here, you know. But, you know, it just keeps him alive in our hearts and in our memories. And coupled with the fact that my grandson, Tony II, is exactly like him. <laughs>
1: That's so <laughs> it wonderful.
0: It <laughs> is so wonderful. And, you know, it, it just brings him to life every day. So we just had, we've come through a family wedding and at different times during the ceremony, different people broke down and had a good cry because it would have been different if it was here, you know. So I don't know how you're dealing with your grief, but what we are doing is just keeping him alive, talking about him, you know, just feeling his presence at all times. And I was thinking about this when I was coming to work today doing everything we feel like it's still watching we feel like and so we're doing our very best to keep that flag flying <laughs> He was the most selfless loving caring and hard-working person and so every one of us we're working really hard you know just to make daddy proud oh my so, goodness oh, yeah. i yeah. know that yeah, yeah. yeah. You know that feeling oh, yeah. I, know that feeling. oh yeah. I know
1: that feeling that is I mean, what we are doing my dad was exactly the same. Like sometimes, you know, mom and I will talk about, you know, we had our, one of our very first in-person events at the end of April, our, our Spike ALS indoor volleyball tournament. And I remember saying to my mom, like on the day of the event, it was great. It felt really good. We, we had lots of new teams join us, which for us was incredible because that meant we were raising that awareness for ALS. Mm-hmm. But it's so funny because I know that the money that I raised would not be nearly enough To my dad's standards, you know? And so my mom was like, "Uh, Yeah, your dad, yeah, he wouldn't have been impressed. (laughs) So we definitely always, always bring in my dad and, you know, remember him because he too was such a hard worker, always working, you know, not a moment to relax. When he did, it wasn't very long, you know? He did take those breaks that he needed, but man, that he was working hard all the time. And with my brother, you know, we have this weekend coming up, we have our fifth intentional walk for ALS that we're doing. And it's so exciting because it's our fifth year and it's the first walk two years after the pandemic. And, and you know, I think there are times in, in getting ready for the walk where, I, I do have these moments where I remember my brother, you know, I, I hear his voice mm-hmm. telling me like, oh yeah, you can do this. It can be, and it, it's going to be amazing. You know, like before our first walk and him telling me, yeah, your, your event is going to be the best. It's going to be so great. And so now every time I have an event, I try and make sure that yes, while ALS is a horrible and very depressing disease that the event itself is really uplifting and hopeful and and as we're preparing for this event last night we had uh, our first volunteer meeting our first in-person volunteer meeting and we always show our short 10-minute film mm-hmm. and it you know my mom can't even be in the room when when mm-hmm. that film is playing it's it's too much for her and and actually for our our walk chair she surprisingly like she broke down too hmm. and maybe because there were so many people in the room you know at the end of it that were just crying from learning the reality of the disease that it was it was really hard we all had to take you know just a moment to acknowledge that and then take a deep breath and then move forward because yes it's, it's sad and it's depressing, but that's why we're there because we want to collectively raise awareness for the disease and help those who are living with the disease so that, you know, maybe one day no one will have to (laughs) deal with it. And, you know, one day if you are told you have ALS, that it's not a death sentence anymore.
0: Amen. Amen. And I'm looking forward to that walk. So, so looking forward to it. Well done. I can see how tired you are from all the <laughs> hard work you've been it, in, but it's... What are you
1: saying? I look tired? You know, <laughs>
0: it's definitely <laughs> worthwhile. So, you know, you. much, much success and, you know, kudos to you and your family. At the start of this episode, we talked a lot about how we feel, how each person deals with their own grief and, you know, just the different, you know, symptoms that you can have mentally, physically, and how to cope. No one can tell you how to cope. You cope in your own way. And also just want to say that at this point, I just wish everyone who is grieving, out there the strength the comfort and the peace that passes all understanding and if your grief is from the death of a loved one please keep those memories alive just like sherry and i have shared you know we're talking about it we can laugh about it now we still have the pain it never really goes away fully but it does It's Mm -hmm. not, it's not as overwhelming as when it first happened, but if your relationship, if your grief is from a broken relationship, please move on, you know, do your best. If you cannot do it by yourself, get help. And it's not something, don't, don't hold on to the past, you know, because you cannot see a bright future to move on. You know, get a new life, there's always someone else. This, you know, when something <laughs> happens, again, I'm gonna talk about my religion here. This is about me. I believe that before a problem happens, there's God has already put a solution in front of you. But sometimes we are stuck looking at that closed window, closed door that we don't see it. So please move on. You know, look for ways to cope, find some happiness, and again, even the law of attraction. It will bring you more happiness. But if you suck, you know, we keep talking about that dead horse. (laughs) You keep meeting more dead horses. So just, you know, look for brightness in your future. And if it's a pandemic, well, we can't take it away from you. (laughs) No. We need together, but we can pray for some release and for stabilization. And it is coming. It's looking better. I was actually in, in Montreal for the weekend. I'm so proud mask. of you, Christiana. Yeah, for the first time, wearing my mask made me look like, it made me look weird. I actually took my mask off. And I'm Listen, still- <laughs> I'm still waiting to have a meal with you, a proper meal with you. Do it soon, okay? It myself, <laughs> so I will have a meal with you when you invite me. All right. So please, 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 you know, deal with your grief in stride and don't be consumed. Don't get stuck. Because it happens to all of us, you know, look for ways to cope, see what helps you. And if you're dealing with any serious challenges, anxiety attack, depression, you know, your digestive issues, heart problems, you know, you want to live your life. You don't want to be sick or ill because someone died or because you lost something. So still keep your own health and keep it in check. So... That is all I have to say. I'll allow Sherry to give you a little goodbye and then we shall see you <laughs> on the next podcast. I'll talk to you. We don't see you. So we'll talk No, to we you don't tomorrow. see
1: them. But yeah, I mean, I would just echo what, what Christiana has to say. You know, we're both really positive looking women. And that doesn't mean that we don't have grief, Right. And, and doesn't mean that we haven't had to deal with grief and difficult grief, not like, you know, not not far away death from us. It was, you know, her husband, my brother, my father, her parents when she was young. And and yet we're, you know, we're not like super women or, women or anything, but we do find ways to process our grief and deal with it and not let it take over our lives. And I think that is the main message here, because we don't want you getting further sick because you've lost someone or grieving. You know, it's all about this podcast is all about staying forever young and mm-hmm. grief is not going to grief is not going to help you in staying forever young. So that's all I've got. You know, let's stay positive as much as possible, because there's always something to be
0: grateful for. Amen to that. So until the next time, I'm Christiana Eggy
1: and i'm sherry marie chu see you next time on forever young
0: until then keep smiling because you're never too old to become younger
1: the forever young podcast is created and produced by christiana eggy and sherry marie chu and it is produced and engineered by elise hill the podcast represents our opinions and those of our guests the content should not be taken as medical advice it is for informational purposes only. And because each person is so unique, please consult your healthcare professional for any medical questions. Special thanks to the Ella Accelerator for bringing Christiana and Sherry together. If you like the show, please tell your friends and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. New episodes are available every other Wednesday. Have questions? Email us at Podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Instagram and Facebook under our Forever Young Podcast. Thank you for listening.